This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers, and those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Paley Phillips, and with me is comedian and international podcast superstar Jim Daly. I mean, all all facts. They are actually you can say international podcast superstar because several of your podcasts are listened to in many countries. Well, this one being. One of them. Mm. Number one in Cuba. Number one yeah. somewhere else. Can't remember. But yeah, we have listeners around the world in in this and, and the palace one. Yeah, so that, that, that's, a, that's a fair uh, description. Mm. So thank you I very much. I think that's how you that. need to um, be introduced when you do your next gig. International podcast superstar. I think that's yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's very fair. Um, what would you put you... first, though? Would you put the comedian? Like, would you say... Comedian and international, or would you do it the other way around? What came first? <laughs> Comedy came first. I think. So you think you'd have so, to? Yeah, that, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I'd have to think about that. It's a dilemma, isn't it? I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. Um, I'll have a think. But more importantly, how are you doing? Because we are recording this the day after uh, you had your charity walk um i'm surprised honestly i'm surprised you're still standing uh but i'm very well, i'm impressed. seated so that's good you're <laughs> <laughs> literally not standing um but yeah how are you i'm all right i'm i'm a little weary obviously a bit blistered up um unfortunately i was i sort of fell a little bit short of the end goal um which i was really gutted about but i I'd had a little, sort of sustained an injury on a very treacherous bit of road yeah. um that i was walking on it was very dark and um very fortunately, my wife came and rescued me with the children. Um, well, on the way over, um, <laughs> my uh, my youngest um, son, Sonny, said uh, said to Michelle, um, "If Daddy dies, if Daddy's dead when we get there, um, his death will be on stupid deaths." <laughs> 
Um, so it's nice that he was. Nice <laughs> that he was. Uh, his mind was in the right place. Yeah. in that moment when you needed. Yeah. Because I think they all thought the whole the whole enterprise was a was an act of stupidity in the first place. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that was nice, but um, I wasn't dead, thankfully. Uh, no. But I was and. slightly sore and injured, so I had to had to finish a little bit earlier than than planned. But I'm really, really a huge thank you to everyone that's sponsored and uh, supported it, and we've raised quite a lot of money for some really great charities. So thank you, everybody. Any blank listeners out there who have contributed, thank you very much. Yeah, stupid or not, you've raised a lot of money, and people have been unbelievably generous and i think people appreciate you know completed or not people appreciate the effort that you went to to do it and i think that's all that matters so uh, i think you should be very proud of yourself and i think uh, everyone that's sponsored and supported um you know we, we appreciate them as well because uh been incredibly kind yeah well uh, thank you and I, I believe you had a couple of people sort of walk along the route with you as well keep you company yeah amazing there's a legend called paul hammond who lives right near uh, East Croydon Station, like 10 minutes away. And he just said, yeah, I'd like, I'm a big walker. I'd like to come and join you for a bit. And I had no idea he would join me for so long. He walked with me pretty much all the way to East Grinstead, which is a 20-odd mile walk from Croydon. Actually, might be a little bit more. But, yeah, fantastic um, company, really great guy, and was very, you know, had a fascinating life he'd, he'd led and was, uh, yeah, just great company, brilliant. He'd, he'd done some really epic walks from he did one that was um he did a lot of pilgrim walks so like uh yeah. and he did one that was uh which was the something to do one of the old archbishops of canterbury hundreds of years ago did this pilgrimage from 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 london to to rome so he he, he sort of followed in their footsteps so yeah and told me all about all the places he visited it was just super fascinating and he was very knowledgeable about south london he'd lived there for 30 years and 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 sort of the, the all the towns and villages as we wandered out it was really great to have that so he was a little tour guide as well and then we were also met by another lady called maria who's a big fan of the show so um, so it's really nice yeah so it was really nice to see her and talk to her it's always nice to meet people that you've kind of met online yeah um and then yeah it was just really a lovely experience so thank you to to them for for making it easier actually yeah yeah nice to have some company with some mm. nice people i'd imagine because uh yeah just lovely it's funny isn't it? in those moments like people sort of show up don't they show up for you and even if it's we don't know like just when sometimes when you need someone they sort of pop out of the pop out of the woodwork and and there they are and it sounds like you've got some very lovely people to walk with you as well so it's kind of the the, the nice side of nat- of human nature which i think is something that you and i believe in anyway but it's nice to see it sort of uh, formulate there yeah it was so nice and i did a couple of instagram lives and people were popping on and saying hello and i know you did as well jim with fyp and uh, it was really lovely to see so many nice messages and it, you know encouraging me along the way and it was really helpful and useful in, in those yeah. sort of darker moments of it um so thank you to everybody it was um it was lovely to be able to do this for three amazing charities action aid uh our dem dementia choir and um also shout eight five two five eight three really really brilliant charities do go and check them out and you can still actually uh, sponsor Charles as well at justgiving.com slash crowdfunding. So that's Charles hyphen Paley hyphen Phillips hyphen two. Or if you just Google Charles Paley Phillips just giving, I think it's the top one that comes up. But, um, you're nearly at 6K, which would be amazing. Be, oh, it would be amazing. If we get 6K, that would be, that'd be fantastic. So, yeah, please do pop over there if you want to 
I know it's um, difficult times at the moment, but if, if you've got a couple of quid you want to spare, then please yeah. do turn it over. Absolutely. Um, before we get into this week's guest, mm. uh, we should read out a tweet or... I've got a great tweet here from Karen Pooley. Uh, her handle is at Karen Martnat. And she says, I have never listened to a podcast until you asked people to give Blank Pod a go. So I guess this is after putting a tweet out about yeah. an episode. And she says, now I'm hooked. Love listening and catching up with them all. So she's going back and listening to them. So that's a really lovely message from Karen. Thank you, Karen. That's very. I'm welcome aboard. Yes, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, we, it's a gravy train with biscuit wheels. It's <laughs> a long song lyric, surely. <laughs> if not, it should be. Uh, yeah, thank you very much uh, for coming on on board. It's nice to have new. I, I, you know, I hope we have new people most weeks. So it's nice yeah. if if you are new to the like Karen episode or the podcast, then welcome, and we hope you enjoy this episode and. We've got a big back catalogue, so feel free to delve into that and pick out any or all of them, uh, and we hope we hope you enjoy them. Yes. We've also got some other exciting news, Jim, because as some listeners, regular listeners will know, we had a book come out last year uh, called Blank, Why It's Fine to Fall to and Fail and How to Pick Yourself Up Again, which is kind of based on the, the themes and stuff that come up in the podcast and many of our amazing conversations. But now very exci- I'm very excited to announce we've, it's actually on Audible as well, where you can listen to it as an audio book read. And this is what it says. You can also buy... Uh, hard copies on CD read by the authors, which is, of course, you and I. Yeah, that's um, us. Yeah. So, ho- those hoping it would be some sort of A list um, Hollywood host of London. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or Matt Berry. Um, I'm sorry to uh, disappoint you. Oh, it would be so good if Matt Berry had done it, though. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been very good. And the next one, if we do another book. Yeah. And that becomes an audio bit. We'll try and book Matt Berry. <laughs> to do. Um, but yeah, please do uh, get the audio uh, the audio book. It feels like we've sort of come full circle. We started mm. the podcast, we made it into a book, and now it's become an audio <laughs> yeah. Back to audio again. Yeah. Um, we can't yeah, keep we'll, that audio. You can't keep the audio. I'll keep us away out. from talking yeah. into a microphone. Uh, but no, I, you know, we, we, we've spoken about the book before. But it was a very enjoyable process writing the book, and it was uh, a very interesting process and turning it into a, an audio book. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a sort of delve into the themes in the podcast with sort of bits and bobs from people that have been on the pod and then our sort of thoughts along the way. Mm. So uh, it's a sort of an extension of the pod, really. So if you like the pod, I think you'll enjoy the book. Please buy that. still available. Um, and the audio book as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, we, we so should, please do. Yeah. yeah. We should say it's been published by uh, Belinda, the audio book. So thank yes, you to Belinda for taking a chance on two rookies. Believing. <laughs> believing on, believing uh, in us. Um, I think we should get into Zoe's episode in a minute. Can I do a really quick yeah, of shout out as well? Mm. Um, well, I think... I think it's the first episode since, well, recorded since my Leicester Comedy Show. Of course, um, yeah, how'd it go? It's great, sold out room. It was lovely, lovely Amazing. audience, so nice. Just yeah, loads of fun, and uh, yeah, just a, just a really really fun. It's a lovely festival. First time I've done that festival, but a lo- lovely room, great venue at the LCB Depot. They were lovely people as well. So just a, just a great a great afternoon. Um, and I'm doing it again in London with my next stop at the Museum of Comedy on March the 24th, 2022 at 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are eight quid for that one, or two for twelve pound with the code Cascarino, as in. Tony Cascarino, the former Ireland forward. Um, so you can get tickets at jimdailycomedy.com slash gigs. If you're in, in and around London, uh, 24th of March, please do come along. Uh, it would be 
absolutely lovely to see. And then I'm doing it in Brighton at the end of May. I've already got my tickets for that. You have indeed. I saw your name pop up in the email. Um, and that's the same link, jimdailycomedy.com slash gigs. Uh, please do come along. It'd be lovely to, to see that. Some people have travelled decent distances. A couple of lads have come from Sheffield for uh, uh, for the Leicester gig. One, one lad oh, from Gloucester. Nice. Gloucester. Yeah, lovely. People have really made the effort, which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, if you fancy it. It's called Jim Daily Football and Fatherhood. Uh, it's a show about becoming a new dad and, and sort of how my love of football got me through it. It's, it's not too football heavy if you're not a football fan. It's a show for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun, silly, gentle, gentle hour of comedy. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to see you there. Good work. Um, it's, it's Zoe Lyons, Giles. Absolutely fantastic comedian, lovely person. And this is just a really, a really fun chat. Yeah, Zoe's so great. Just love, love her to bits and uh, a brilliant comedian. And it was just lovely hearing her story, her journey, you know, from, you know, those sort of trickier days at school and those anxieties and stuff about reading and writing. And then going on to, yeah, her, her going to university and then getting into comedy and performing and, and feeling that was her thing. And it was just really lovely to to talk to her and she's just so easy to talk to and we had like a really great run and we went on the, off on tangents and stuff and um even just before we started recording we were t- we were talking for quite a while and she's just yeah she's got you know one of those people where sometimes you get them when you you sort of log on to zoom and you see that person is just that really lovely energy and um yeah. yeah she's just a really lovely person so it's great yeah very easy to talk to and those are the conversations that do often go up in town off on tangents. I think those are the best ones, really. I love those kind of conversations. And again, now we had this a few, few weeks ago, I can't remember who with, but I end up with loads of tabs open on my laptop of things that we've discussed and we've Googled. And I know if I've got loads of tabs open, then it means we've had a fun conversation yeah. where I've been uh, following up and trying to find out info and stuff. So, yeah. So it was very easy to talk to. Brilliant comedian. And, and you know, her story is very interesting and there's lots of uh, good advice as well and, 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 and bits in this as well. So it's, uh, it sort of covers all bases. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, great episode. And I, and I, and I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it. So let's go straight into the one and only Zoe Lyons on the Blank Podcast. Now you're you're a Brightonian. I don't know if that's. I never know if that's the right way of saying it because I'm in Seaford, which is just literally oh. down the road. Oh yeah, I love coming to Seaford. Well, next time you're here, come and have a cup I of enjoy coffee. your promenade. And do you know what I really love we about... We do have a nice prom. Do you know what I love about Seaford? At the end of your promenade, it's like a little mini Algarve with those white rocks. Yes. So I always pretend I'm in, I'm in Portugal when I come to Seaford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when we weren't able to travel, the, the most exciting thing I could do was go to Seaford, get myself a Conetto, walk down to those white rocks at the end of the promenade and just pretend I was in the Algarve. I yeah. genuinely did that about three or four the times. Algarve, <laughs> the Algarve of the UK, I believe Seaford yeah, is referred that's to. that's what actually. it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Are they the white rocks we did our first ever promo? They are, they on? are. So that's called Splash Point down. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds, that sounds We've that got sounds one of terrible. them in Brighton. It's got a very yeah. different feel to it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a unique name. But, um, yeah, so that's, yeah. And, and if you go on the, the, the chalk rock sort of, just because it almost has like a little mini beach bit there where there's the arm that comes out, yeah. the groin that comes out, and then you've got obviously got that the white rocks behind. Um, and it's a wonderful collection of people's kind of days out because people have scratched their names into the, yeah. you know, many a love story has been, um, yeah, consummated at Splash Point. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's why it's called Splash Point. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry, that makes way more sense. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, but also I'm down the road from you. Nice. Yeah. So how long have you been in Brighton? Uh, I've been here, gosh, um, 18 years. Wow. Yeah, 18 years, 17 years, something like that. Started off in Kemp Town, now in Hove. As it goes, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, which is Hope's just a slow nice. progression towards Worthing, isn't it? So that's really what happens. Yeah. Just as the yeah. metropolis of Brighton and Hove gets too much for me, I'll just <laughs> gently roll off in Worthing direction in my shopability scooter. And that's it, yeah. And end up in oh, Bognor. Like... <laughs> yeah. That's the <laughs> resting ground were... in Bognor. Because you, um, you were born in Wales. Mm-hmm. But then you lived in Ireland for a long time. Yeah, we left Wales right? when I was like yeah. six months old. So, oh, okay, so I never really developed the singing skills and um, <laughs> yeah, moved to Ireland and uh, lived there till I was about ten. And whereabouts in Ireland? I was first of all we were in uh, a place called Dunmore East, which is a very small fishing village in um, County Waterford, and it's it's really picturesque. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we lived there, and then we moved inland to Tipperary, uh, Clonmel, Tipperary, uh, which has its own personal charms, but is less attractive than Dunmore's. <laughs> and then we moved to Surrey. So, yeah. <laughs> and then from Surrey <laughs> to Glasgow. So I really I picked up wow. all the accents along the way. Yeah. <laughs> Ireland's lovely. My brother moved to Dublin, and uh, his fiancée is from, is from Waterford. All right, yeah. Um, and they're getting married in August in a place called Clock Jordan, oh. which I think is... Not far from Tip, I think, possibly. Okay. Or not in that re- my, my geography of Ireland is terrible. But even like the even the least characterful characteristic parts of Ireland are still way more characteristic than most places in the world. Yeah. It's, it's a stunning place. It's really stunning. And what when I have gone back, because um, you have these sort of you know they have this idea of what it was like growing up and how lovely it was and picturesque. And of course, you know, time time. Um, uh, it changes, you know, your memories. But actually, when I when I yeah. go back, I'm like, oh no, it is just as beautiful as I remember it being. It's it's lovely. Yeah, yeah it's really gorgeous, really green. I mean, it rains a lot. You need a you need a sturdy anorak. But then you know, gay woman, I've got <laughs> got a wardrobe full of. <laughs> no problem. I've got a wardrobe full of sturdy anoraks. That is not an issue. <laughs> does some free wine sound after a january that definitely lasted longer than scheduled and when mother's day creeping up on us it's a perfect time for you to try your new favorite wine club wine 52 for free all you have to do is go to www.wine52.com blank and cover the postage cost of £5.95 and you'll get three bottles delivered to you wine 52 is a discovery club all about showcasing the very best wine from a different region each and every month This month, the Wine Odyssey takes us to the stunning north of Portugal. The, and I apologise for my accents here, Aduba by Quintas de Roman is a gorgeous white wine made from a blend of local grape varieties. Cheddar Tinto from Lav... Cheddar Tinto from Lavradores de Fiatora is a vibrant, medium-bodied red. You have a choice of mixed red-only or white-only case, and also included is a Glug magazine, which delves into each region's wine culture, and two tasty snacks as well. After your free case, you'll join the monthly wine club, but there's no minimum commitment. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. So remember, that's www.wine52.com blank to claim your free case today. 
And am I... I'm right in thinking you went, because this is something that comes up on the podcast a lot, because I know Jim went to a Catholic school, but you went to a Catholic school as well. Yeah. So. I was taught by nuns. Yes, well, I think Jim was as well. Were you? That's where the guilt started. Yeah. The guilt started, yeah. I think so. Mine was primary school. What what age was you? I was taught by nuns at primary school level, yeah. So when we were in Ireland, it was, um, I was at a convent. um, Yeah. And um, they were generally all right. I just think... I did have some quite nice nuns, actually. They were quite nice. But um, I think when you're just a small kid, you know, just stature-wise, being in the presence of somebody <laughs> dressed like that even, and the sort of the way they yeah. sort of, you know, the habits would fly out behind them as they came down the corridors <laughs> in a rush. And it just, it's sort of, it, visually, it's quite s- striking. Um, but I was lucky. I had quite nice nuns. <laughs> Yeah, my, see, I, I, this is a weird thing to bond over, yeah. isn't it? Um, but I, um, my memory is they were quite nice. Sister Teresa was the, There's like, the, one. what a classic. I, I, know. I, I know, I know, I know. I bet the others were like Sister Mary yeah. and just all your yeah. classics. Um, I, I, I guess, I don't know what the term is. I guess she was like head nun. She was like sort of the manager, I guess. Mother Superior. Nuns. Yeah, Mother That's Superior. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Head yeah. nun. <laughs> head coach. She was head coach. CEO of, of this little Catholic operation we've got going <laughs> on here. Yeah. <laughs> but she was very nice. And my parents liked her a lot. And so I feel like uh, that maybe set the tone for the rest of the, the team of nuns. But my memory was in our primary school, there was a um, a big staircase up where we used to have... Um, assemblies and stuff, and you never went up the staircase. But, like that was like the nuns' area, yeah. and I f- nun my memory zone. is like, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the nun goes. Uh, my memory is that like maybe I got a f- you got a few stairs from some of the other nuns if you tried to do that. But Sister Teresa was always like the, the go between, and she was very nice. So yeah, I, like you, my memory isn't particularly. I think if you tell someone you went to a, a Catholic school run by nuns, they'd be like, Wait. oh, did you now? Yeah. And actually, it wasn't. My memory also wasn't too bad. No, my memory of them isn't too bad. My memory of sort of going to church and having to sit through mass and do the whole mm. first Holy mm. Communion. Tarko, yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, and Holy Communion in Ireland is massive. Your first Holy Communion is massive. It's a big deal, um, partly because you get loads of money, which is weird. Um, people give you money. I had a little I had a little purse full of punts at the time, um, <laughs> showing my age. Um <laughs> But yeah, just sitting through mass, I pretty early on, I started to sort of listen to the words and go, no disrespect, but this is bullshit, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I was just sort of looking around going, are you buying this? Are you buying this? You buy- I mean, walking on water, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the old mamiscus quality of water and the possibility of that, because I'm not buying this. So that that's what sticks with me. And it wasn't yeah, long I'm- after leaving Ireland that I, I yeah, I, I, I really started to sort of put up a resistance to going to Mass. I just didn't want to go. I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. And Catholic Masses, yeah. they're long services, aren't they? Because I, I got... Brought up sort of Anglo-Catholic, so C of E, but it's like a lot of the Catholic traditions, and those ma- those Sunday masses were long as well. Yeah. But I knew, like, I, I had Catholic friends who were like, "Well, you don't have any Latin in your ones." Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a bonus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Catholic ones were even longer because yeah. they had, you know, and, and a lot more kind of drenched in. Fire and brimstone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cold, drafty churches. Yeah. 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 
And the whole, I don't know, the whole body of Christ thing. It's, it you know, queuing up to get your Holy Communion and... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I think I was about I was about ten when I finally confronted my dad and went, I can't do this. I just can't do this. Um my dad was actually all right. He was my dad my dad was the Catholic. My my mum was sort of um I suppose she would have been Church of England because my mum's English, my dad's Irish. But she she wasn't they were she wasn't brought up religious at all. But of course my dad was, you know, Ireland in the in the seventies when we were there. It was yeah. I mean my nana went to mass every day. Wow. Every, wow! Every single day, every day, and then That's you know the, the Angelus would come on the television at six o'clock, and it was the rosary being said and all of that. So it was very much ingrained into into what we, into our day and into our activities. And I I, I think I was about ten when I just we must have moved to Surrey, and I went to a much more diverse school at that point, and there were you know people from all over the world. And I thought I can't, but I can't wholly invest in this Catholicism, knowing that yeah. half my friends are Hindu, Jewish, or whatever. I was yeah. like, we yeah. could have the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my big yeah. concern. I need to hedge my bets. Yeah. <laughs> I need to spread bet across this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A single stock investment in a lifelong commitment to a religious affiliate. I said, I can't do this. I'll have to. I'll have to spread my bets. I need a managed fund of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Of religion, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just, too, it's just too risky. This is way too risky to put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was the same as you. I, I maybe a bit older. I sort of realised it wasn't for me. Um, but I think it's weird, isn't it? You're talking about sort of like people growing up in the seventies in Ireland. Because I think like I, I was lucky that I then had the free choice, and my parents were like, okay, cool, to to just like start playing football on a Sunday morning yeah. and just sort of drifted away from it. But I guess like if you were brought up in the sixties and seventies in Ireland, like it was, it was that you had no choice really. I guess it was your life. Yeah. And the thing is, where we lived in Ireland, it was quite rural. There wasn't a lot to do. There was actually sod all to do. It was the sort of <laughs> it was the centre parks activity of the day. That was it, really. <laughs> no, yeah. no wonder you're not, you're. you're and went every day. Yeah, I mean, I, we didn't go to the cinema. We didn't go to the zoo. We didn't do any of those things. That was the thing you did. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a social thing as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would I think have been. Yeah, sort of very much. Would have brought everyone together and you yeah. could see your neighbours and people would dress up, wouldn't they? Not literally dress up, but I mean, like, you know, they would well, there's, uh, yeah, wear the reason, Sunday best Sunday best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually from, from my youth, I think it was the social aspect I quite enjoyed. You know, I got to meet, you know, there was quite a few younger people as well, the church I went to. And I think that bit of it I really liked. Yeah. But it was just the religious stuff I didn't. No, not having it. <laughs> not, <laughs> not having it. That. <laughs> not having it. No. no. I do still like going into churches, though. I love yeah. the smell. Yeah. I do love the smell yeah. and that sort of, <clears throat> just that, that coldness. Um and I suppose in in our hectic world, that stillness it's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. You do yeah. if you do ever wander into a church, you do see people just sitting there going, "Oh, this is nice, isn't it? Just a bit of quiet, just a yeah. bit in, of quiet." In, in, especially at the moment, in theory, they're supposed to be, I guess, as well, quite welcoming places to anyone. So if you, I actually went <laughs> during lockdown, we moved out because we had work done on our house, and we were in temporary accommodation around the corner, and like. 
we were all on top of each other. And I had one day where I had just a bit of a meltdown. And I said, I'm going for a walk. <laughs> and I started walking and walking. And I walked down a little road that I'd never been down near us. And I got to about three hours later and I was still walking. <laughs> so it was like, sort of like moody walking. Yeah. Sulk, a sulk walk. Yeah. You did a stomp. Like you're doing a forest gum. Yeah. A stomp. It's like, see, keep going. Like, getting WhatsApps from my wife, letting her see that I've read them, but not replying. Oh, yeah. So, you know, letting her know that I'm safe. <laughs> I'm safe. Blue tick but I'm silence. still like in a mood. Yeah. Blue tick silence. Yes. That sounds like an album title. <laughs> Um, and but then I came across a there's a village around the corner from us where my ner- daughter goes to nursery. So I'd nearly walked all the way to her nursery, and there was a church, and I really wanted to go inside mm-hmm. because just for a bit of stillness. Yeah. And I felt I felt really awkward. I felt really like guilty that I wasn't allowed to. So I didn't in the end, and I, I, I guess I probably was allowed. Did you try the door and it was locked? No, I didn't even bother. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say no, no, no yeah. atheists, yeah. get out. <laughs> um, I just wasn't sure if I was allowed to or not, so I did. I guess in theory I probably would have been allowed to. I think you're allowed to, in, aren't you? Yeah, they usually, yeah. Have, they usually have signs saying, all welcome, written by somebody yeah. with a very passive-aggressive hand. All welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all welcome, but we're going to shun you. Yeah. We're going to turn our backs. We will judge you and shun you. I mean, I love, I love a walk around a graveyard. I find that very mm. calming. Because you get some amazing names as well. Yeah. Oh, fantastic oh, There's a place near... Um, are we into Alfriston? Which is, I suppose, yes. between you and no. yeah, between where mm. I am and you are. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a beautiful church there with a, an amazing graveyard in it. It's like it's sort of it's so Dickensian looking. And uh, I had a wander around there one day, and there's a gravestone to a Fanny Christmas. I mean, isn't that <laughs> Fanny Christmas? <laughs> oh, what a name! What a name! What oh, an incredible wonder- name! How old was... Do you know how... Can you remember how old I don't know how old Fanny was when she passed away. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I can't remember whether whether Fanny had a full and active life. Uh, Because sometimes you look at you go, oh, I'm taking too soon. But I think, no, I think Fanny... Yeah, yeah. no. And there used to be... There's an amazing graveyard in the East End of London near Bow. And I used to cut through that when I was... When I lived near there um, eight years ago, my 20s. And there was an amazing gravestone to an Ebenezer Flick... Oh, amazing. That, so good. Yeah, yeah, Ebenezer Flick and Fanny Christmas. I mean, hello, <laughs> stick a top hat on that and call it a Dickensian novel. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. You know, I think they're, they're very peaceful, aren't they? I think that's the thing now. It's a bit like libraries. People still sort of stay quite quiet when you're walking through a graveyard. Yeah. Um, there's one in our town centre and you sort of, it's sort of the hubbub of town and then you get to the entrance of this graveyard and then you suddenly go, shh, you know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you, and, and, you know, and that's quite, there's something quite nice about it. Well, it makes you reflect on your own existence, doesn't it? That's what, yeah, yeah. sometimes well, you get so yeah. wound up about stuff. There's such little trivia that can wind you up. I know we've had a lot of big shit to deal with recently, but there's mm. a lot, just yeah. a little, tri- like, for example, uh, um, I had to change the parking permit on my car recently and it required liaising with the local council which is a little bit like uh. um, deciphering the Rosetta Stone and um, <laughs> I, it was such a trifling thing just to get a parking permit for my new car I got so wound up I got so wound up about it because you know, nobody was replying to my emails and it wasn't coming through the post and it, it was so frustrating and it was having to run out and talk to traffic wardens going I am dealing with this but it's not quite you know. I thought this is such a trifling thing that we get so wound a bit of piffy admin but i think if you take yourself around a graveyard you go they wouldn't give a shit about any of this yeah, stuff would they yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. yeah. yeah i was thinking of fanny christmas trying to sort out a coach yeah what about permit <laughs> 
the hoofs come off one of the horses. Oh, bloody hell. I've got a flat hoof. Oh. Is it NCP in Brighton? Is it, is it NCP in, in Hove? Because uh, they're, they're, they're the worst NCP. This is, well, these are um, visitors, um, residents parking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. that's the age bracket I'm in now. That's become yeah, a, that's it. a you big have to issue. Worry about those things. Yeah, I used to have used to have <laughs> desires and ambitions. <laughs> I, do, I, do have, I do have a theory about admin, which I'll come on to really quick. Can I just tell you two more funny names? These aren't funny names from gravestones. I mean, I really hope they're not. I hope this, but these are two kids from my from actually that primary school I went to my, my, brother, my brother's year. The, I've always stuck with me, and they're not particularly like funny. They're just fun to say. So one of them is Nathaniel Wagstaff. Oh, that's a great name. I think that's a fun name to say, Nathaniel yeah. Wagstaff. Nathaniel Wagstaff. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Isn't it? That's a pre-performance um, um, uh, warm-up, isn't it? You before you <laughs> say that yeah. before you went on stage, Nathaniel Wagstaff. Nathaniel Wagstaff. Nathaniel Wagstaff. Character piece. Character <laughs> piece. Nathaniel Wagstaff. Nathaniel Wagstaff. Um, and the other one is a uh, Bonnie Flashman Jarvis. No, that's not oh, really. Yeah, a double barrel, I think. Wow. Yeah, Flashman Jarvis, strong. I mean, you, you'd just amazing. go with Flashman, wouldn't you? You just drop the Jarvis, <laughs> surely. Yeah, I'd yeah. drop the Jarvis definitely. Bonnie really Flashman did. sounds like an amazing great name. name. Just great names, just great names. And he, he, had a, he had a couple others in his class. I can't remember what they were, and I'm, I'll text him after this. But um, yeah, just names that have stuck with me. That that would have been thirty over thirty years ago, yeah. and they've just stuck with me ever since. Oh, just great names. Both those people are. Really successful. Oh, well, and well. Uh, me doing. too. I hope they're ha- happy and well. Absolutely. <laughs> I really do. And I, I hope Bonnie Flashman Jarvis has married someone and, and, taken, well, or, yeah, and taken their name on yeah. as well to have triple barrels. Is triple, that's an interesting, is triple barrel a thing? Have you ever met anyone with a triple barrel name? Actually, I don't know if there is that. I don't think anyone does that, do they? Well, I don't know. Because, well, you see, my my wife and I are married. Obviously, there's a clue in the build-up mm. to that sentence. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we haven't double-barreled our names because she's already a de Young. She's Dutch, so she's de Young. So it'd be de Young. And then the, the whole thing of, is it Lions de Young, de Young Lions? I mean, obviously, yeah. I'd, I'd be very much behind the Lions de Young camp. And she'd be very much in the de Young Lions camp. Yes. But if we had kids, which we wouldn't because we prefer ski holidays, but um, <laughs> and they were lines young, and then they met somebody who was like, you know, Walter Smith or whatever, or Walter Brown. Then what happened? Yes, you're right. What happens? Do, the, do, you, do you just keep adding it like a sort of conger of names? If you decide <laughs> like to say Russian like, doll of yeah. names. <laughs> I the, don't know. Because in Spain, in Spain, they take, they all have sort of double and quadruple barrel names not technically but they take the mum's name the maternal and the paternal name i think and then they are oh, it's a, it's an so it's they, a, what, for both couples yeah like for the cup for both uh, so if you couple, google so like sesc fabregas he's actually like sesc fabregas gonzalez soler or something as his like full wow name. this is yeah it's, it's quite a long so they have a sort of tradition name, isn't there it? but my my wife and i are double barreled te- well technically so our our daughter is double-barreled because we wanted our daughter to have both our names. And then we thought about maybe combining names because we are, I'm Daly and she's Daw, D-A-W-E. So we thought about maybe being like Dawley or something. Yeah. Yeah. Dawley. And I know friends that have done that. My friend Terence and his wife Linda, they are Terence Ford and Linda Klotz. They've become the Klotz Fords, which is quite a cool, yeah, they've combined. Yeah. It's really, Klotz it works. The Klotz Fords. But we, we decided not to, so we are Daw Daily because Daily Daw would have been like a newspaper, which I think was too upsetting. Mm. So... She's Daw Daly, our daughter. But yeah, then if if she meets someone, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Well, there's this. 
this is how surnames must have evolved over the years, isn't it? Just yeah. by... Is it? I don't know. I don't I'm know. fascinated well, by them. Yeah. I guess back in the day it was just your profession, wasn't it? Yeah. Like... Yeah. Shoe yeah, Smith. Yeah. Baker. Yeah. 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 Unemployed. <laughs> Flash, yeah. Flash man. Freelance. Yeah. yeah. Freelance. <laughs> Kim Freelance. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, <Psych>. Flash man. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but fair play, it would have been quite interesting. (laughs) Going back to the school stuff, was... um... What was your interest at school? Were you academic, or did the like the performance stuff? Did that? Did you start doing that? Any of that stuff uh, when you were at school? I mean, when I was when I was primary school, primary school, never been academic, never ever been academic. No. In fact, um, really didn't like school at all. Never liked school, um, and that just got worse as I got older. And I think looking back now, it's probably because I've never been um, uh, uh, diagnosed, 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 diagnosed as dyslexic, but I do, I've always had problems reading and I always um, uh, panicked. I hated it. I absolutely hated mm. it when confronted with it um, because my eyes would jump and I'm all right now. Like I can read auto cue stuff and I, I, I just know to take things easy. And um, mm. But I, it was a, it was a constant panic when I was at school. Like, I don't know whether you were at that age where they used to make you read around the class. You'd have a book. Yes, I, I, I'm totally with you because I absolutely hated <sighs> that. And in fact, when I got to college, they were still doing it and I used to skip lessons because yeah. I knew they would do it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you'd feel it coming round mm. towards you and then the panic yeah. would just rise yeah, in my yeah. throat and I'd start to sweat. And then the worst, the more I panicked, the worse it mm. gets. Um, yeah. And I'm fine now. I can do it now. And, I, I, you know, the, the best thing I've found you can do with something like that is just say to people i'm a terrible reader always have been uh um so just bear with yeah. and then you take the power out of it and it's fine and i can sort of crack on with it but um yeah my biggest fears at school were reading out in the class or being asked to write something on the blackboard because mm-hmm. oh, i cannot spell i mean i can't spell i just it's a mystery to me <laughs> words are a mystery <laughs> to me i mean i recognize them once they're down but i sometimes i don't even know where to begin and um uh that was a yeah so i used to hate that i hated it and and i i just found a lot of it really boring as well i was just bored i love geography that was that probably that's what my my i love geography yeah because i'm just fascinated in nature and the planet and travel and other people but anything else nah it's nah. difficult, isn't it, at that age as well? Because you, you can't, it's, you, you don't feel you can speak up and say, "I'm fine." I'm finding this really difficult. I'm finding the writing and reading. I'm stressed oh, by it. Oh, because you'd be absolutely at that. You, you just have the piss ripped out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd yeah. just be. Yeah, you'd have the absolute piss ripped out of you. There wasn't a supportive environment in those no. days. No, <laughs> no. but even with teachers, I there guess there's no pastoral care. In no, 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 <laughs> no, nothing like that at all. No. So. Um, yeah, I did struggle with things like that. I got quite good at chemistry. My dad's very good at chemistry, and um, I quite enjoyed that, maybe because it was a bit more practical-minded. Mm, um, yeah. But, yes, for somebody who has sort of gone on to have a 
career that requires quite a lot of words. Um, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely hated them growing up because I felt they weren't my friend. Um, yeah. And it's taken me a long time to... Even somebody saying, why don't you write that down? I'd sort of have a shiver. Yeah. It's really odd, yeah, yeah. And I had to, dis- I had to, as getting older, I had to disassociate the word writing with that way that it made me feel. Yeah. And it took a very long time because every time somebody said, why don't you write something, I'd, I'd have that sort of, sort of stress response of, because I can't. And it, yeah. it's not that I can't get the words out or I don't know what to say. It's just the actual physical element of writing it down. Because any, anything that happens when you're young, you go back to it. You go back yeah. to that young state yeah. in that moment. It's you know a lot of people's trauma and stuff comes from when they're younger, and and you that's just a physical reaction. You can't stop yourself. Yeah. So it's not something you 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 got help with when you were younger. Then it's still going to affect you when you're older. Yeah, and it's taken me a very long time to put those two things together. The why that I procrastinated so long about writing anything or you know creating anything is because it, it, the actual physical act of doing it made me feel. unwell (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. but then once I got stuff down and did it in my own way and you know it's fine that's fine I'm good now with it so well that's it it's finding your own way isn't it my my youngest is um very severely dyslexic so we're you know we're always doing extra help supporting Mm. him so I I can you know and and I like you I was um a bad reader I didn't um I don't think I was dyslexic, but I certainly had like a. There was a barrier Block, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which again is ironic because I've become a writer. But it, it's. Um, but seeing it through his eyes and sort of starting to understand that it's just a different way of processing things, isn't it? It's just a, our brain. You know, his brain, your brain. It's just a. It, it's it, different. It, we're yeah. just different. Yeah. You just learn in a different way. Yeah. You know, you may be a more visual learner in it or, or a more practical learner, whatever it might be. Yeah. We just have different ways. And it's just, I guess in our probably generation, it was a bit harder to get that kind of level of support and stuff from school. Yeah. It was, you know, you just didn't have that. Yeah. Um, that empathy wasn't even there, no, really. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's why I really struggled with school a lot. That and the fact, I mean, there was other stuff going on. So, I'm, you know, I went to a big school in Glasgow when I was, what, 11, 12 years old, with an English accent at that point. Don't make <laughs> yeah. me stand out. Um, <laughs> I, had, um, I had alopecia at the time, which I've currently got to get at the moment, and, and you know, different accent, and uh, yeah. was sort of coming to terms with the fact that I was going... Oh, I was going to be gay. I was going to be a gay. Um, (laughs) I think I'm going to be a gay. Um, So just all that thing of feeling just not part of it. Just I was never part of the gang, never part of the big gang. So, um, yeah, I think I really hated school. Hated it. There's so much going on. Feeling like a bit of an outsider a little bit. And I I guess comedy's a bit like that as well. Yeah. I guess you're a bit of an outsider, aren't you? You're a bit of an outsider. You're literally... Often you're very much on your own. You know, you're driving to gigs on your own. If you're doing a tour show... The last time I did a tour, I didn't have a tour manager or anything or no support. I just did it on my own. And it was very isolating, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're turning up and having to do... You know, either having to deal with the disappointment of maybe having not sold as many tickets as you'd hoped <laughs> on a Wednesday <laughs> in a small town in, you know, Northumberland. Um, uh, setting everything up, doing the show, being people's entertainment, and then sort of nothing at the end of it. Just like, you know, it's, so yeah. I found that very uh, isolating. Um, 
and again it's taken me a long time to figure out how to not feel like that doing this job so um yeah it's it's if you work in an office you sort of you are put together with people and you end up maybe being friends with them or acquaintances but you sort of have people there they're going through the same thing you're going through you know depending on how good or bad work is and you've got that camaraderie as you say if you're doing comedy and you're traveling you're so often on your own and there's even sometimes, even if you've got mates in comedy, they're not there with you in that moment. So no. if you want to text them and be like, oh, tonight was rubbish or tonight was yeah. really good or whatever. It's it, not having someone there. I did I did my first Leicester Comedy Festival show last weekend and it was, it oh, was lovely. And But I got to, my best mate in comedy, uh, Dave, was doing his show directly afterwards. And yeah. they'd actually booked it like that for us, which was lovely. So we drove did you up kill together. it so he had to follow you? <laughs> <laughs> no, we both did, both did fine. Both did absolutely fine. Both Seven out of ten, but you know, fine. Okay. Um, but it was really nice. We got to travel. I picked him up. He doesn't fit, live far from me. Travelled up together. So we got to talk through our anxieties of the shows together. Be there literally together. So he helped me tech mine. I helped tech his. And then we got to drive home together. Yeah. So there was that emotional support yeah. where there normally isn't. And it just made the whole experience so much more enjoyable. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's really important. I've learned. I think it was through pandemic, actually, that I know, ironically, at a time when most people were feeling probably more isolated and disconnected, I suddenly realised what it was like to be connected with people and have conversations and do all of those things because I wasn't out working. So I was able to meet people for a walk or, you know, go and, yeah, just literally go and have a walk and talk. And I did more and more and more of that than I've ever done in my life. And it was like, I like this. (laughs) Communicating, being with people. It's really important. Really important. Yeah. Um, So I think now going forward, now that, you know, things are changing a little bit and we're going forward, I definitely, I'm not going to put myself into positions where I do feel that isolated ever again. I just won't. I just, I don't, I value my, I value my mind too much these days. I mean, not that it's it's an incredible mind. I mean, it is an incredible mind, but you know what I mean? I just value, (laughs) I just value my mental health so much more. Absolutely, especially yeah. if you now know this is a way that I, I this is a way I can support my mental health by being in connection with people yeah. and making those connect. I know it works for me, yeah. so it's like you can use it. And life is a balance, like you know, uh, work can still be isolating because of what you do. But like, if you know you found this other way to balance it to out balance by it. making those, yeah. con- that's all life is, isn't it? It's a balance between what you have to do, what you can do, and all that kind of stuff. I think I just spent years trying to pretend I was okay because. Because when I started doing stand-up as well, I mean, I've been doing it, about 20 years or something. I was quite old coming to. I was, well, not old, but I was I was 30 when I started. I'm 50 now. And um, uh, I constantly, the, 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 the repeated line that was thrown at me all the time when I started was, because isn't it hard being a lady in comedy? I mean, what's oh, it like God, for you girls yeah, out yeah. there in comedy? Is it hard for you being a woman in comedy? Because, you know... Women aren't quite as funny, are they? You know, so, so I had this constant, 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 constant. And I could either address it, I could either, you know, talk about it, engage in it, or I did what I did, which was just head down and plough on without <laughs> yeah. ever acknowledging that at times I was deeply unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> because to show that I was deeply unhappy was to somehow show that I was failing in some way, shape or form. So I just didn't even engage with any of the signals that my head or my body was sending me that, you know... Try and be a bit easier on yourself, so it's all right. It's all right to f- turn up to a gig and feel, or to feel shit, you know. I mean, I remember yeah. walking into, I, I used to do some rough-ass gigs. Like, I'd do everything when I started, everything, because I just, 
I had this vision in my head of where I wanted to be and what, how I was going to get there, and it just meant I, I was like, right. So I gigged six nights a week at least, you know, at mm. least sometimes seven. Yeah. Went everywhere. Um, I'd drive to York and back in the night for a gig, um, and just kept ploughing away and ploughing away and ploughing away. Because I, I don't know, there was maybe something in my head that went, the harder I work at this, the better it's going to be. And you know, turning up to yeah. really rough ass pubs and people going, "You're the comedian." You better be fucking funny. Oh, God, and, you know, yeah. you know, your legs are buckling underneath you because, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to, I wasn't used to being in those sort of environments. And then it's like, oh, God, and then you've got to not show that you're really uncomfortable and, and, uh, and be funny. Yeah. Mm. And I'm, you see, I'm, I've never been a very, uh, uh, combative person or yeah. I'm, I'm entirely the wrong makeup to be a comedian really i love an early night <laughs> i love an early night oh my god hey me jimmy jammies by nine happy as larry yeah. i love to get up i get up at six right when i'm not working i get up, i love getting up <laughs> and uh and i and I'm not, I'm not very ballsy. I'm really not. So if somebody, you know, if I was heckled or somebody had a go, it really got to me. It was like, why, would, why on earth would you say something so horrible? <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really affected me. You know, but to, that's probably quite a good retort. Just, just, yeah. oh, why are you so angry? <laughs> What's happened to you in your life that's made you this person? <laughs> just yeah. trying to tell some silly jokes. So I'm really the entire, I'm entirely the wrong f- makeup for this. But do you think that the the industry is changing in that way and that there are more inclusive and encouraging sort of rooms and and, and companies and stuff like that? Oh, totally, totally, you know. And also, secondly, you know, it it shouldn't lose all of its... um it's a hedge because it is that's part of its charm as a sort of art form is it's a bit nerve-wracking because you're just out there on your own so that that should never that should never go completely you know it kind of makes it what it is that sort of tension of hey you know you live and die yeah. by what happens on stage you're not just bashing out a recital on your old piano you, you know you, you, <laughs> you know don't no disrespect to people who bash out recitals but you know what i mean it's a, it's um it's got that uh that unpredictability to it yeah. that should stay there that should be it's part of the energy but yeah it's um but also at times <laughs> also at times when i was starting it was just bloody horrible, was just yeah, horrible. walking yeah. into a jonglers you know and oh, there'd be, oh, there'd be yeah. like 30 blokes i remember walking into a jonglers in nottingham and there were 30 blokes dressed as robin hood <laughs> Oh, fuck. I know. Yeah. Or, I mean, off their faces on coke, just sort of dancing on the tables. And I was supposed to do, like, 20 minutes. And all I've got is words. That's all I've got. <laughs> They've got a gang of 30 charged-up blokes all dressed in fancy. Nothing I say is going to be more no. entertaining than what they've already created for themselves. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's yeah. nothing I can do. Not, not, I can't, you know... Even if I got up there dressed as Maid Marian with one tit out, it still isn't going to be as good as what they've got going on. <laughs> They're 30 blokes in their tribe yeah. <laughs> dressed as Robin Hood. Oh, I remember stood by the side of the stage and the, the stage manager just came up to me and she went, just, just try and do 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh. So yeah, just standing there, just trying to get the words out, just waiting for that red light to come on so you could just get back yeah. in your car and cry and go home. Yeah. It's like a sort of lion's den, isn't it? So oh. It becomes sort of like it becomes like survival rather than actually like enjoyment or yeah. anything like that. But I think also just recognizing that actually at, at times there is nothing you can do. You're not going to be any funnier than anything they've got going on because there's nothing stronger than that. We all know what it yeah. feels like to be out with your group of mates when you've got yeah. that in joke going on, when you've got that bond going on, that lo- that lovely moment when when you're in your tribe. Yeah. No stupid yeah. woman with a microphone on the stage could say anything funnier than you could already create amongst yourself. So, yeah, it's um, yeah. I spent a lot of time crying in my car outside gigs. <laughs> I used to sit there, go, um, I used to sit. I'd be like terrified to go in. It didn't always go badly either. I did, that was the annoying thing. It would go quite well, so I'd do it again. Um, yeah, yeah. But I remember one day sitting outside, I think it was outside a jungler, so I was sitting there in the car having a little weep, and I suddenly thought, I'm people's entertainment. <laughs> yeah. They've paid for a babysitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm crying in my car. None of this adds up, does it? <laughs> this doesn't add up. Yeah. So I stopped doing certain gigs. I think that's, yeah, I think that's fair, because it, um... Yeah. I never did jonglers, and I'm not disappointed about that at all. But, like, they, there was always a kind of, when I started out, uh, a sort of an assumed knowledge that it's going to be shit. Yeah. First, it's, yeah. first few years, you're going to be shit, mate. Yeah. And it might, you know, it might, after that, you're going to do some really shit gigs. Yeah. And at some point, it's like, why? Why yeah. does it have to be? And why do I have to do that? And it was it's a just, sort of unspoken rule, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah. It was like, yeah, you've got to do that. Prove yeah. yourself. Yeah. Go through the shit, mate. Yeah, exactly. You got to go do all the stag do's and the hen and the hen do's oh, and stuff. Oh god, yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. know. I think the older I've got, I've just been like, okay, I, I, well, why do I have to do that? Okay, I might, I might stem my progress one way, but like, do I have to do that? I, I don't know. No, I'm still I, trying to work it out. I guess I don't think you do. I think you know. Um, there's many examples of comedians who've just gone. No, I'm not doing that. And I'm all yeah. Fridays, and I won't do this, and I won't do that. Yeah. Whereas I was yeah. like, I will do everything. I will suck it up. I will take it. <laughs> throw, yeah. it at, throw it at me. I can. T- and I think that was born out of constantly being told that women weren't funny, and you know, blah blah blah, yeah. and it hard for you. And you're like, No, look at me. I'm amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Inside, just going, I'd like to cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now it's. Um, yeah, I, sometimes I think about the stuff I used to do and the, the sort of distances I used to drive and the things I used to put myself through just to sort of prove myself and to get on. And um, it's a bloody relief not to have to do that anymore. Oh, getting older <laughs> yeah. is so lovely. Oh, it really is. Now I can just go, I can't do that now. I'm just too old. Sorry, too old. <laughs> There's something very empowering about yeah. using no, isn't it? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I got offered a gig the other day and I went, hang on a second. And I just looked at where it was in the map and I went... 
is it a Friday? And they went, yeah. And I went, oh, I ain't doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, traffic will be awful. I'm not doing that. They went, oh, right. Yeah. It's not that far from Brighton. I went, don't care. It's outside my give a shit zone. Um, <laughs> so very much like the congestion zone of London, I now have a give a shit zone yeah. where I will gig or not gig. And you have, unfortunately, That's a gr- you're only a mile out, but that, you know, rules are rules. Yeah. The rules are rules. That's <laughs> <laughs> life, mate. <laughs> As Charles said, I think that is empowering. And I think, again, it comes back to sort of looking after your mental health and stuff. Like, it it gives you, you know, those early days, it's like you're giving the power over to these horrible crowds and horrible venues and stuff. But actually, bringing it back a bit, you're still getting to do gigs you want to do. You're still getting to enjoy life. But also, you're not... It's just grabbing back a little bit of power for yourself and making you feel in control. Because I think the industry that you're in, you do give over a lot of power sometimes. And and, and in terms of work, and when it comes and goes, you can feel sort of, you know, same Charles, any creative industry, you can feel out of control. So being able to grab a little bit back for yourself, make yourself feel a little bit more in the position of power, I think is is healthy. healthy. Oh, it makes you a much better performer in the end. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Because it focuses you, doesn't it, on what, you know, on what's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in a much happier position and place now these days. Yeah. I'm sort of glad I did it because there's a bit of me, I quite like a challenge, and it did feel like a challenge <laughs> for quite a long time. And I don't like giving up. And, mm. um, yeah, so I just ploughed on. Yeah, and I would meet people. I'd meet other people who'd given up comedy or something. And there'd be a bit of me that went, how did you, how, how? What do you do now? Where are you? What do you do? (laughs) I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this, you know. Yeah. 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 I feel the same every day about giving up comedy. Because I'm definitely not where I want to be when I started, well, almost a decade ago. I'm, I'm nowhere near it. But... About making little bits of progress here and there, or sort of up and down, bit all oh, back a bit, bit of progress. Yeah. No, all oh, back a bit. Yeah. Uh, but I do know deep down, like what, what else would I? I just don't think I could do anything else. I just don't. No. Know what I? Is it because all the junglers gigs have dried up? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they were still going, I'd be smashed. Oh god, I, they sound horrible. I would have actually hated. Yeah, it. we've talked to. Um, I remember we had Alex Lowe on, and he he was saying about how horrendous. Yeah. jungler stuff and then it was just yeah but you just but did it because you know you were trying to make try, a name yeah. for yourself and yeah. and get out there and and you know it's another gig i've done you yeah. know uh, you know and pick up some war wounds along the way yeah um but we shouldn't have to pick up war wounds should we we should well I, well maybe well this is the thing is uh, every cloud you see the you see if you mm. do have war wounds at least when you are wearing a pair of you know metaphorical comfy slippers you can really appreciate them yeah. so you have those wounds to sort of look back on and go oh god that, like that's what i mean i'm glad i've had a lot of really shit experiences <laughs> so that now when i you know if i get booked for qi or something and somebody's bringing me a sandwich i'm like this is amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i never take any of that for granted never yeah. ever 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 yeah I think yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, that's nice. Yeah, what led you to comedy in the first place? Because I know you went to uni and did um, psychology. Psychology, yeah. yeah, psychology. Yeah. So yeah, what what led you into comedy? I I just did not know what I wanted to do growing up at all. I had no clue, and psychology seemed. Do you know why I chose psychology? I went to the University of York first. I went to I went to York because I had a very pretty prospectus, and it had um. It really did. It had, <laughs> so it's a good. Yeah. Had, honestly, this is how. 
clueless I was. I had a very pretty prospectus, um, lots of tulips on the front cover. I thought that looks nice, and I like a medieval sort of walled city. I think I might be quite happy there. Um, <laughs> it was that basic, and then also the, the course they were offering in psychology. Uh, you could either call a, you could either get a BSc or a BA. That's how um, ambivalent oh, okay. they were yes. about that. So I was like, they don't even know what this is. So this is perfect. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. It's you know, if it can be a bachelor of science or a bachelor of, I mean, they. So this is perfect for me, um, and uh, I, I mean, I sort of enjoyed the course, but I I think I had. I think I was just really trying to discover who I was at that age and more than anything else I wasn't particularly you know drawn to it um on an academic level um and uh, I spent a lot of my time at university just mucking about with the drama society um but York was quite York was quite it's got quite quite a few well it did certainly when I was when I went quite quite a few posh students so there's mm. sort of an oxbridge reject sort of a university vibe feel <laughs> oh, to it okay. yeah so the the drama society was very much populated by people who were doing english and philosophy and i was doing psychology which didn't even know what it was um <laughs> and um so again i was a slightly odd one out in that environment in that you know they were all very much into their literature and blah 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 blah, blah. and i I just, at that point, just decided I'd like to just be able to perform. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what sort of productions were you doing? What kind of, in the drama society? What? The, 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 it was, what was it called? It was the, hang on, it was the York University Student, it was, yeah, it was York University Students Amateur Dramatics. It was USADS. You sads, yes, and we were because we were prancing about in our tights. You sads, Um, (laughs) is that what went on the posters? Yeah, you sads, yeah, brilliant. Um, what sort of productions did you say, Charles? Yeah, yeah. I was just interested what kind of shows you were putting on, what kind of yeah, performance. I mean, I was, I always played the sort of club footed comedic maid. That was my go-to role, um, often a non-speaking part, um, until somebody cast me in Dancing at Lunasa, and I played Maggie in Dancing at Lunasa, which is a Brian Friel play, which is quite meaty, and oh, it was, I think it's the best thing I did at university, I was the happiest I'd ever been, I was given something really proper and meaty to do, and... Um, having le- When I left university, that's what I decided I would try and sort of take it a bit further and, and um, uh, apply for drama schools. Yeah. Um, was, was, was that the sort of moment where, when you sort of do something that you maybe hadn't tried before or whatever, and you get that feeling in, don't you, inside you in your stomach, like, oh, this is really that fun sort of freeing... Yeah. Ah, oh, this is. I think this is what I'm good might, at. Slash, supposed good to at do. This? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was never a particularly skilled actress, and I was never and I and I, and I, and I was and I was never a skilled comic when I started. It was just that sort of, like you say, that buzz of being on stage, or that sort of like that adrenaline rush of I'd like to be able to do this. This seems like fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's play, isn't it? It's play, and yeah. It's play. Yeah. Play is a lot of fun. It yeah. is. Yeah. Exactly. And we don't, as adults, suddenly, we, you're supposed to stop playing, and I've never understood that. 
No, I it, completely... It's really, yeah. you, know, you, you spend your entire formative years playing to work stuff out and to have fun and to show off with each other and just have a laugh and uh, and then all of a sudden you're supposed to stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing that. Grow up. Grow up, yeah. that's the word, isn't it? Because grow up. Yeah. yeah. You get to about up. 16, people are like, stop it, grow up. Yeah. And, so, so true. Yeah, you know, Why? No wonder it's such a confusing time because you spent your entire life, literally, up until that point, with playing. people saying, play, have a play. Oh, oh, you're great, you're playing, you're great. And then they're saying, what are you, what, what are you doing? Yeah, you're stop, an idiot, stop, stop doing, doing that. that. <laughs> it's so true. Grow I up. never thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah. So no wonder it's a confusing time because you're suddenly being, you're, the world around you and the messages you've been told has suddenly like flipped. Yeah. And you'll get told to what everything you've done up to that point was, stu- was stupid it's and wrong. Stupid. Your entire developmental years were stupid. <laughs> now, think about getting a mortgage. I know you're in your 20s, but consider a pension. And stop exactly. Playing. Exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> pensions are very important. The quicker you get on, the better for you and for everyone. So just <laughs> what's a pension? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. only just got one. I'm fifty. I, I did. This will make you laugh. I did an I did an award ceremony last night to people in the pension industry uh, that actually went on so long. That by the end of it, we were all pensionable age. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I got on stage and went, "I am fifty. And I've only just opened the pension. You could feel in the room, they were like that. Oh, oh God, your choices are wrong. Yeah, yeah. People hyperventilate. Yeah. Like that. And I feel like yeah. such a maverick. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. There's still time. Yeah, you could leave here and get hit by a bus. Let's have a play. Yeah. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think uh, just uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I'm not a particularly. I wasn't a particularly good actress, and I wasn't. A, and I certainly wasn't a good comedian when I started out at all. Uh, some would argue that that hasn't improved, but you know, I've made a career out of it. Um, but the idea of being able to play, yeah. get on stage and have a play, and even take sort of in you know serious things and play with it, um, is is really important. And I I work in a very visual way. Like I I think that's because I didn't like writing. So I just I work in sort of pictures. And um, the thing that I'm most proud of about anything that I've ever done is sometimes after a gig, somebody whose brain clearly works like mine will come up and say, "I could see the pictures." And that's oh. love. That that nothing makes my heart pop more than that. It's like you work in pictures and I can see them. And it's that, I really really like that. I love that. That's lovely. That's yeah. really nice. That's re- yeah. it is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I think it is just so important to play still. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny it's something um I've got two teenage sons and the older one who's going to be 15 in April which is a bit crazy to think that. Um he still likes he still enjoys playing with toys. Yeah. And um but there's still a bit of a like you can see there's a little bit of a conflict within him mm. like cuz he's got a younger brother who still loves playing with toys and and we're just trying to like get him to embrace it because i think like i said to him the other thing i said to, to him recently something similar like you you're not going to want to do this or or this will be drummed out of you in some way mm. like enjoy this like this is great like yeah. playing with toys coming up with stories yeah. you know using your imagination um yeah, because we do. We just it just gets gets flattened out. But then when you does. think about it, what's you know what's playing golf with the boys? What's having a chat in the pub? Sort of you know talking shit. It's telling stories. It's all just an element of yeah, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely, yeah. Exactly. 
buying, I love going down to Hove Lagoon and watching, it's predominantly the old boys with their um, uh, um, model boats on the lagoon. Oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 And they're not speedboaty things, they're with the little sails, so it's quite involved. It's quite fun. They sit there in their <laughs> garden furniture chairs with their little boats out on the lagoon, bobbing away. And you go, it's just, you know, people go, that, nerds. So I thought oh, they're just playing. That sounds yeah. lovely. That actually sounds really lovely. That, yeah. that sounds like it'd be very, very enjoyable. Um, yeah, play comes in so many different sort of forms. I actually... I recently got back into, so when I was like living in London and, and was like younger and stuff and whatever, I played a lot of video games, a lot of FIFA. And it was a bit of a cliche, but like I was into my FIFA. Um, and only recently, weirdly, got, I won a copy of FIFA 22 just randomly. Yeah. And so I downloaded it onto my Xbox. So I'm going to play it again. And I just like, it was so enjoyable. Yeah. And I know like I'm sort of like nearly 40 and like it's not, it's not the done thing for like, you know, sort of blokes in their 30s and 40s to play video games. But like, I was playing my, my Switch yeah. FIFA this morning. It's a, but it's a form of play. And it was so, and actually during, the, during lockdown, when we moved out and we were in the, the, the place where we were on top of each other and I had, I had the angry walk, um, it was really relaxing just late at night. The others had gone to bed. I'd sit there, have a couple of games of FIFA. And again, it's me just playing. It's just oh. another form of play, but it was it was really relaxing and enjoyable, yeah. and it just took me out of like my world for a minute, worrying about work and whatever. Yeah, just worrying important. about getting my left back overlapping enough to put the cross in for the centre forward. <laughs> just for just thinking about that was keeping me in the moment, and it was fun. And yeah, I, yeah, I just think I need to sort of try and do it a bit more often and, and lose that stigma of like you know playing video games. I think my my dragons then. Um, uh, business opportunity would be um, soft play for adults, which I think has got a sort of slight S&M tint to it. But <laughs> it doesn't look, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm, actually, I'm fairly sure there is already soft play for adults somewhere in the Brighton area. Um, <laughs> Shall but I, I can't it? look I'm at a ball pit without wanting to jump in it. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing, yeah. 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 There's a great place in Burgess Hill, actually, um, that's like a big kind of soft play which i think adults can go in but it's for it's predominantly for kids um but you know there were lots of adults going for it but they're huge ball pits you could jump in and you could climb up walls and then jump and like fall backwards into a ball pit yeah it was i i couldn't help myself i went i went in with the kids it was amazing i loved it yeah i totally would be all over that if there was a an adult place like predominantly adult um, I found a couple of late night. It looks like people do late night ones. I'm not sure about that because I feel like um, people might like spill their yeah, well, that's spill where you're their going, beers. You're and crossing stuff. over there. Yeah, that you? is a cro- it is definitely yeah. a crossover thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Well, that's why people do tough mudders and that sort of thing, isn't it? Inflatable yeah. 5k. Yeah. Yeah, it's just well, it's people that watch the Krypton Factor yeah. always wanted to do the assault course. <laughs> oh, I loved the Krypton Factor. So Krypton much. Factor was a brilliant game show, wasn't oh, it? it? Had everything. It, it did. What, I mean, so good. why they don't bring that back? I don't know because it had, literally had yeah. everything. Yeah, and and the bit at the end where they were silhouetted and like the they, their faces would go out when they, the other one person answered the question. Yeah. Right at the end, that was oh, yeah. great as well. Because yeah. you could be thick as shit throughout the whole thing and then get to the physical round and just absolutely nail yeah, yeah. it like a marine yeah, yeah. over sort of cargo nets. Yeah. yeah. And they were always wrecked at the end. Like, I mean, even the like the winners, they would just be so covered in water yeah. and mud yeah. and just yeah. absolutely wrecked. They'd sort of be crawling over the finish yeah. line. It was a great show. It was a brilliant show. That should come 
back. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm googling it. I I hadn't realised how it's one of those shows. They would they would bring it back with celebrities, wouldn't they? they yeah. Would be it wouldn't be like just sort of regular people. It'd be it'd be celebs doing celebs it. doing it. Krypton the, um, Factor. It's great. The, the logo, the Krypton Factor, is so basic. I think the font is actually Comic Sans. <laughs> 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 it's so basic. I like, I like that. Simpler times. Simpler yeah. times. Sim- much simpler times. Yeah. yeah. So, what were, you said some of those first gigs were, were, were tricky. What, what, what were the first gigs that you were doing? Uh, so, open mic nights in various rooms above pubs in London. Um, and there were loads when I started. Loads and loads. You could you could do an open mic night any night of the week. And they, it, sometimes you'd turn up and there'd be sort of just 14 acts on the bill. So, that was the only people you were performing to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was enough to go, you know, to keep you, to get you up to that point where you were ready to do your first sort of ten minutes in a proper club. Um, so yeah, that's. I started. I did my first ever gig at the King's Head in in Crouch End, and I did that gig, and um, you know it it went well because I had a disproportionate number of friends in the audience, so statistically <laughs> they were on my side, and that buoyed me enough to think. It was just getting up on stage and speaking into a microphone and holding people's attention for five minutes. That was all I needed to go, I think I can do this. And I remember getting in the taxi that night with uh, with my other half and just saying, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do from now on. And I just made that decision there. And then I went, this is what I'm doing. There's no plan B. We're going forward. And I booked in gig after gig after gig after gig after gig and just tried to get better. Yeah. And wow, that's a really a early... Really I just knew. Moment. Uh, yeah. Because, and I think this is because of the sort of person I am. I just knew it wouldn't have, if I if I'd pushed this shape into a a, 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 a career hole <laughs> that wasn't going to. We, neither of us were going to fit. It was going to be a miserable existence. I had to find something where I could be what I am and what I wanted to be and that I know that sounds silly but I had I just started to really visualize where I wanted to be so my first visualization was I saw myself buying a car it it was quite detailed (laughs) it had um it had a cup holder <laughs> all the mod cons. All the mod cons. It had a, so I, I just had this really strong vision in my head of a car with a cup holder. I, I shit you not, that really was part of the part of the detail. And on the passenger seat beside me was a notebook and pencil. And I just, I, I was like, this will be me, and I'm going to gigs, and I'm going to start making some money. Yeah. And I, I just sort of aimed for that. I just tried to make that happen. So I bought a shitty car, did have a cup holder. Cup holder, yeah, yeah. It, it, it had a cup And I remember sitting in my car driving to a gig on one of the first occasions, looking at my cup going, wow, I made that happen. I mean, I know that's not a massive visualisation, but it's, you know, it's not like I'm, I haven't tesla to the shit out of this. I, I'm not sending rockets into space, but I, but I sort of went, oh, I, that's what I was thinking about, and there it is. 
and um you know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I, sometimes I drift off, and I, and I, there's been, there've been years where I haven't sort of had something to aim towards. But, mm. but whenever I do sort of um, <laughs> get my sights on something, I go for it. Yeah, I think visualization. It's, I think it's come up a few times in the pod before, Giles. But it is a, it is a sort of uh, a bona fide technique that people yeah. use to progress and make things happen. Did you continue to use that sort of technique? Yeah, I used to. Then I used my second. My I used to see myself um, uh, point of view of TV camera from behind <laughs> on a massive stage with lights in front of me. So that was my second. That was what I was aiming for. Yeah, it's a bit of a um, jump up from cup holder. Yeah, jump up from a cup holder. <laughs> um, and then I think along the way, things sort of get a bit muddied and you get a bit confused. And it's like you say, Jim, sometimes, you know, sometimes your career plateaus. It can plateau for a very long time. I've had very long periods of plateauing, sort of, a, um, sort of s- the salt flats of, of a sort of you know, <laughs> endless desert salt flats of, um, of career span where, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You lose your mojo. It's hard to keep motivated and, and focused the whole time. And I can't because of the way, you know, I'm not... Yeah. Um, because as much as I love comedy and as much as I enjoy doing what I do, I'm more than a comedian. So I, um, I don't have that. I don't have single mindedness. I've, I've, I sort of branch, I, I ping pong all over the place. Yeah. I'm not saying that I've created other careers. I haven't, I have procrastinated like an absolute mofo. <laughs> I mean, I have just, I just get distracted. That's what happens. I get yeah. very distracted. Um, uh, but I think I think hitting fifty actually is quite interesting because it makes you you have to sort of sit with that and go where am I? Where am, no, literally, where am I? I walked in here this room and I've forgotten. What am I doing and why am I in my pants? No, um, <laughs> where am I? Am I happy? What do I want for the next bit of my life? Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to go through it with a sort of. Um, with a flea comb and just go, well, I don't want those bits. I don't want that anymore. I don't want those bits anymore. I've done that. I want to perhaps do something else. Um, in, you know, along the same line, but slightly different. I think that's interesting. Yeah. My brother's um, about to turn 50 and him and his husband have just gone on holiday, actually. But he's been posting kind of images of like every year of his life yeah. up till now so, he's, so again he's having that massive moment of reflection on yeah that every stage every year of his life he's sort of looking back now and he's been posting them on facebook and stuff and it's been nice to look at some of these old images but also yeah just that moment of reflection i think he probably found he's finding the same thing with being 50 yeah i think he's slightly like trying to kick back on it a little bit like oh i don't want to be 50 yeah but, um but at the same time, sort of trying to embrace it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit alarming when you wake up one day yeah, and you're yeah. 50. Particularly, you know, if you've... I, I don't have children. I've never, you know, never had kids. I, I, I've lived quite a... I'm not going to say selfish life, but that sounds... But I've done whatever the hell I've wanted. Because yeah. I've, I've, I've deliberately made it responsibility-free because I knew I wouldn't be great with the responsibility. So rather than sort of take on responsibility and then be mm. appalling at it, it was just easier for me just to moonwalk out of any responsibility fairly early <laughs> on in my life. Because, you know, it's... We have a dog. That's as much as I can cope with. And it's only when, you know, my, my wife feeds the dog. And I'm like, well, you've got to feed it, haven't you? You've got to feed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If I had a dog on my own, I'd come down one day and there'd just be a pile of bones by a bowl. And I'd go, oh, 
<laughs> You've got to put stuff in the dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've, I've lived a fairly free and selfish in the most positive interpretation of that life um uh and yeah moving forward it's like okay now i have to accept that i'm getting older um uh and and what i want to do with the i'm going to call it second half of life (laughs) yes it's it's those sort of like miles age milestones are funny aren't they because like your li- the day before you were in your twenties, thirties, forties, whatever. And yeah, before that, the big three o, four o, five o, and like, but actually, second to second, you're exactly the same person. It's literally one second has gone from twenty three, fifty nine, fifty nine into the next, <laughs> yeah. and then, but you're still the same person. But it's a big, yeah. it's it's like a sort of big moment. Feels like a really big moment, and feels like a moment to sort of take stock and stuff. But really, you're still sort of. You're still the same. Yeah, I mean, it's a linear thing, isn't it? But yeah. and it's but 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 then you know, I'm sort of grateful that they're there because otherwise, uh, you may just drift. Yeah, you may just drift through the years without taking stock. And if you can take away the sort of you know, the hideous inflated balloons with five O written <laughs> on it, sort of attachments to it, you know, and the you know, I'm definitely getting my brother one of those bucket list of <laughs> shit you got to do before you're fifty. All that crap. If you can take away all of that. And and just literally use it as a positive marker in the sand and go, yeah. it's just a time to look back and it's a time to look forward. Yeah. Mostly forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. And those moments of reflection are useful. I, I have to admit, I if I ever went on any TV shows that was like things you hate, you know, room one and one, whatever, those inflatable balloons. <laughs> I, I yeah, was, I on was going to a Palace Away day game a few like two years ago. I, I got to Berkhamsted, got dropped off at Burko, went into Bills for my sort of regular away day breakfast. So lovely, and there was a lady next to me with a little dog. Yeah, and uh, the dog's very cute, and this lady was very glamorous, and they were setting up a party, and the balloons had eight on them, and I was like, oh, how is your, your dog's eight? Congratulations! And she went, no. We're celebrating the dog having 8,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> Fucking Oh, hell. no. And I just sort of turned to her. I was like, I'm just going to have my breakfast over here, I think. I just... <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. My yeah. God, imagine being that shallow. Wow. Was... And like, the, dog was so, the dog was so cute. The dog was so... And she was really nice. Was like, very nice. But it Did was you feel a like... different mindset. Like... Sort of letting letting it off the lead and saying, "Go, be free." <laughs> she seemed very nice, but it's just it was. I, I suddenly was open to, oh, oh yeah, this is a different world. This, is, yeah. oh yeah, this is mad. Imagine that having a life as that as, as a life goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next stop, ten k. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, imagine having that as like phoning friends and going, "Oh, Marjorie, we've made it." <laughs> He's got 8,000 followers on Instagram. Well, Marjorie like, oh, was on her way down. Really? Marjorie yeah. was popping down to Bills, I think, to join in. The hard work has yeah. paid off. Oh, babe, she must be ecstatic. <laughs> I am ecstatic. <laughs> I feel very full as a human. I mean, I mean, wow. it's, I then looked at my own, got my own funnel to my... 3,000 Instagram followers like this dog has got way more followers than I oh, have oh I know There's did you try to find the, the dog so make it 8,000 I did follow the dog actually I did, I, and I did then follow unfollow the dog. it <laughs> no I yeah I See, really what, give <laughs> and then take away <laughs> yeah. it was 
the dog's fault. It's not the no. dog's fault. Although obviously the dog's literally not running the account, I guess. So, but yeah, no, I was I once uh, I was once usurped by a disabled dog on um, an Alan Partridge show on the BBC, and I've never forgiven it for <laughs> really? it. I, I went on this. Yeah, I did something on the Alan Partridge show, which was was one of those bookings where I should have said no, but I think at the time I wasn't getting a lot of work, so I said yes, and then you turn mm. up and you're like, I really should have said no to this. Yeah. Um, and the segment I did, it was about etiquette or something, and I was on with some plonker who was sort of 20 years old and in a dinner suit mm. telling me how to use a knife and fork when all I could think was, well, I'll just ram out your backside, you patronising <laughs> prat. Um, died on my ass in front of this audience of um, very judgmental geriatrics, and then a disabled dog in a wheelchair came on and got a huge laugh, and I always remember thinking, really, never let it go, never let it go. Kill <laughs> it, dogs. <laughs> and then leaving the set, I got caught in the curtain, and um, it was just like a sort of oh, no. yeah. Oh, it was just an awful day, horrible day. That yeah. sounds yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just not your audience, you know. Sometimes it's not, like not your audience. So. Yeah, you just want to go back to your car, look at your cup holder. Yeah, look it's at my cup. Right. <laughs> Finger my cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> really centre you, just to remind you why you do all this. Yeah, some people have a Tibetan singing bowl. I've got. Yeah. I've got I like to run my finger around the rim of a cup holder, not a euphemism, and uh, visualise a better life. <laughs> we all need a cup holder. We all need our own cup holder. <laughs> oh dear. Zoe, it's been such a joy to talk to you today. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's been honestly, it's been so lovely. Oh, right, I mean, it's uh, they where they do it's all um, homemade ice creams. This lady makes them all on site, and they're fantastic. And they've got a bit on the beach right near right. Splash Point. Oh, lovely! <laughs> I look forward to that. I can't wait for my cone near Splash Point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Zoe. Take care. Zoe Lyons on the Blank Podcast. What a wonderful person. Great comedian. Lovely chat. Very easy. We went to numerous different places and uh, and some, some good advice and some good bits along the way. So uh, it sort of had a bit of everything, didn't it? Absolutely. I mean, and also it's good to know that, you know, if you're feeling a bit, a bit blue, have a little wander around the graveyard. Um, <laughs> yes. if, you're, if you're needing some inspiration, look at a cup holder. Definitely. Um, Definitely. It was just, yeah, those are, I mean, just those two nuggets alone. But then the last one, which is most important, is to keep playing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's something probably a lot of our listeners are on board with as well, I think. So, yeah, keep that element of play. And I think you'll, 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 you'll be fairly happy, I think, if you can try and keep that in your life uh, in whatever form that is, whether it's work or hobbies or or whatever. I think that's... Uh, I think that's very important. And I should say as well, we've obviously got extra content, which I forgot to of say course. in part one, um, with Zoe. Uh, a very interesting, great, as soon as you asked it, I was like, that's a great question, um, which is only available to our patrons at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash blank podcast. And we have that for all our guests as well. So if you want a bit more from Zoe and a bit more from all our guests each week, please do sign up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was always, it's always good, the extra bit. I like it yeah. now, like that we have that. <laughs> Is yeah, it gives us a chance to ask 
either a really fun question which you did or an extra question on on something we haven't covered in the episode yeah. and uh we always get a bit of a nugget of gold in there as well so yeah. it's definitely worth uh signing up um if you fancy i think the, i think our tier is five dollars i think it's the only We've got one tier available, $5, which is about, what, four quid, four euros, depending on where you are. Um, so it's the price of a coffee for the month. And you get, well, you get at least four episodes a month. Yeah. So not bad at all. Yeah, very, a bargain. A so bargain. Pa- pound a episode, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Oh. You don't, don't get a bargain like that these days, do you? Oh, maybe we should put prices up. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, if you want to get in contact... If you want to get in contact with us, you can. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We always love receiving messages. Um, our handles are... At BlankPod. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook, which is what the kids call it now. <laughs> At BlankPod as well. It's exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. But until, that's it. So until next week, mm. we hope everyone has a safe week. Uh, I hope your, your injury recovers, Charles. I hope you're Thank you. back on your feet ASAP. Um, and I hope everyone just has a lovely time. And we'll be back next week with another guest on the Blank Podcast, of course. Uh, but until then, goodbye to our listeners, goodbye to our patrons who we love, uh, and goodbye to you, Giles. Have a good week. And you, Jim. Take care. Bye. Thank you.